Welcome to the Rage for Justice Report from Consumer Watchdog. Each week, we deliver the best hard-hitting analysis of current issues. I'm your host, Carmen Balber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog. And this week, we'll be talking with Susan Liu, who is a playwright and a patient advocate. Thanks for having me. So Susan is the writer and performer of a one-woman show called 140 Pounds, How Beauty Killed My Mother. It is, from the previews I've seen, a moving and comic retelling of um, her efforts to find out what happened in the wake of her mother's loss. Tell me more about what launched you on the journey uh, to writing and producing 140 Pounds, Susan. So I got married about five years ago, and that's when you realize when your parents aren't there. My mom's not there. And for the longest time, for over two decades, I've always just wanted to know who she is. But my family didn't want to talk about it. So I decided if my family wasn't going to talk, I'm still going to figure out what happened. I reached out to the lawyer who worked with our family at the time, read through all of these depositions, tracked down the man responsible for my mother's death, his family, and then I wrote a show. So for our listeners, let me give you just a little bit of backstory of why we were introduced to Consumer Watchdog to Susan. We're working on a ballot measure, some of you know, uh, called the Fairness for Injured Patients Act. And it would update a law that was written in 1975 that caps compensation uh, for patients who are injured by medical negligence. Um, it has never been changed in 45 years. It's a law that was imposed by politicians on patients has never been updated. Um, and Susan ref was referred to us uh, by a man we know who also lost his children to medical negligence uh, and has been a longtime patient advocate. Um, Susan, if you could tell me a little bit about um, why you reached out to Bob and uh, why that made you re reach out to us and a little bit of how you see um, your show as not only a retelling of your mother's story, uh, but as advocacy as well. Right. So look, I'll be honest. My mother went in for elective plastic surgery, which was a choice. But what she didn't know about that doctor is he didn't have malpractice insurance. He had 24 lawsuits against him. He didn't use an anesthesiologist. All right. So she was just walking into Amazing. a high risk situation. And when I got older, I looked back on this thinking, wait, I don't get it. Here he is, an Ivy League trained doctor, but he never gave our family any money. And then here's my mom, the matriarch, 38 years old, owns two nail salons, worth 13 people in a four bedroom house, and her life is just worth $250,000. Four kids. What, where is justice? We're, and, and usually when people ask me about the story, they go, what country were you in? I was like, it's called California 1996. And they were like, no. And I said, yes. And so when I was getting older, I also got an Ivy League education. I went to Harvard and Yale. And I just kept thinking, how is this possible that the system isn't just? And how is it possible that low-income people of color always lose? So I started doing research. And I wanted to figure out, is there a way that I could help make system change? Yes, storytelling is about changing hearts and minds. And yes, once people watch the show, they can't undo it. And they become more reflective and more aware. 
but how can I leave a legacy if I don't know when I'm going to die for other people? So I just started doing informationals with people in Sacramento. I asked my friends, you know, who are involved in the lobbying space, what can really be done? Then I found out about Bob's work, about Micra, and about the potential for changing families' lives for the future. I am so tired of the narrative of the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, the poor always lose. I'm so tired of the fact that there are no incentives in place for the doctors to be good actors, for insurance companies and hospitals to be held accountable. Susan, I know you've already performed your show uh, in your hometown of Seattle um, and in some other places. Tell me what the reaction has been you've gotten from the audience who reaches out to you afterwards. Look, my, my show is a dramedy, right? I, I know that this isn't something you want to do on a Friday night, which is to talk about death. But it's so important to drop into these hushed topics that we don't talk about. So I've designed the show to be both funny and sad for people to be with me and stay with me. And after the show, what happens is a line forms and people tell me how the show resonates for them. Broken family dynamics, body image stuff, medical malpractice issues, immigrants. The show touches on just the nature of human suffering, the trauma that we experience and also the potential for healing that we all crave. Sometimes people come up to me and they just, they just wanna hug me. I wanna hug them. Sometimes they, they tell me they're gonna call their mom. So it triggers different things for different people. And I think that's why it's so important for people to just sit and be with it. Because society doesn't train us on how to grieve. They don't train us on how to deal with hard topics. But most importantly, society doesn't always play fair. And so yes, once you're in with your heart and mind, then what? You can take action and help leave a legacy for generations to come. And then really actively create a system truly built and meant for the people. And I have to say, just in watching some of the previews, that it is incredible how you've managed to uh, create a show that I wanted to go see as entertainment and also as education. Um, it's very hard to think about watching a movie or seeing a show about death, um, and you've managed to bring enough comedy into it from the previews I've seen to, to make it look like something that's also uh, entertaining. But what is, it, what is it like for you to have to, night after night, during rehearsal, during shows, relive the search for answers about your mother's death? You know, I, I get this question a lot, and it was more in the writing process when I was uh, uncovering memories I haven't thought about for decades or asking my family to do so, that that was kind of the most painful part and when I was really the most emotionally tender. I mean, now when I get to do the show, it's about something bigger than just me. It's about everyone else and the potential for us to collectively heal. And also now, when I do the show, I feel like I'm joined by my mom. I feel like I have a relationship with my mom now. And during warm-ups, I, um, I do this slow dance exercise where 
my mom's with me and, and now I'm pregnant. I'm six months pregnant and doing my own journey with motherhood. And we slow dance together. Can we do this all together? Right? Because it's really about family. And it's really about connection. And it's all about love. We all want love. We all want to be connected. That's wonderful. That's so it's not draining anymore. You know, it's, I mean, look, wonderful. in the morning I wake up, I'm like, oh, my God, that was heavy. But what I get from the audience each night fills me back up and brings you closer to your mom oh yeah the the name of our our podcast is the rage for justice podcast and i can hear your rage for justice uh in the story you tell um i know that there were long-standing problems with the surgeon your mother went to can you tell us a little bit more about what you discovered in your search right when i was going through the depositions i learned that he had a, a pretty gross background uh he was on probation at the time and not obligated to tell my mom that he had 24 lawsuits against him, didn't have malpractice insurance. The last company to insure him was an offshore scam company because he had been tried so many times. Um, and he did hire an anesthesiologist. And it was actually his nurse who had medical malpractice insurance, which is rare. So now you can think about the people who would actually work for him and who he could attract. So he didn't have a great background. And for me, I just want to make sure people are safe. And I know accidents happen, but when they happen in this kind of repetitive way and, and the bad apples are not taken out of the system, it's messed up. And that brings us back to the Fairness for Injured Patients Act because limiting accountability to $250,000 and $1975, which is practically worthless today, means many people who are harmed by negligence lose a loved one because of negligence, can never bring suit. And when physicians or hospitals or other medical providers who harm people aren't held accountable, then they continue to make the same mistakes. Right. I mean, look, everyone's incentivized by money, okay? I got my MBA from Yale School of Management. I know as much as I want people to operate on goodwill, they're not always going to, right? So if, it, if it's only a quarter million dollars at stake, lawyers aren't going to represent poor people, Right. And even if you get the 20, 250 grand, what, my mom was 38, two kids in college, two kids, you know, still in high school, and also a business. You know, like, it, it just, the money doesn't add up, and low-income people are not going to win. Just, it's just not designed for them to win. And it's also not designed for doctors to change. Well, I have to thank you for coming here and telling your story on behalf of Consumer Watchdog, but on behalf of the countless patients that we have met over the years who have the same story to tell and are frustrated by the fact that this law has not changed in so many years because of this cap on accountability. Doctors are not held accountable. Practices don't change. Medicine doesn't get safer. And it's really only through the telling of stories like yours and the additional platform of your show that will change this law for the better. I want to, before we run, run out of time, make sure that we mention that your one-woman show is premiering in Southern California this weekend. It'll be playing Saturday and Sunday night in Santa Monica, the following weekend, Saturday and Sunday night in Westminster. And so I want to make sure that folks know that they where they can find more information to see your show, 140 Pounds, how Beauty Killed My Mother, where they can find more information to get tickets. Yeah, just go to my website, Susan Liu, L-I-E-U, dot me. 
Thank you so much for being here with us tonight, Susan. Is there anything else you want to uh, leave our listeners with? What do you want people to take away from the show? Look, you can do due diligence on yourself, and you can protect yourself. But the system wasn't created to protect you. And even if you want to do research on the background of your doctor, it's still a complex system. The data is so messy. So... Do the due diligence on you, but remember that there is a broader system at play, and it wasn't designed for you. But next fall, you can do something about it. Thank you so much, Susan. And I would tell our listeners that they can learn more about the ballot initiative that they can vote on to change this law for the better at fairnessact.org. That's fairnessact.org. And I'm Carmen Balber with the Justice Report. Thanks so much, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Rage for Justice Report. If you like this show, make sure you visit our website at consumerwatchdog.org where you can read articles, reports, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play uh, so you'll never miss another one. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode, and thanks for listening. This is Carmen Balber with Consumer Watchdog. <laughs>